Hello everyone, you are tuning into Inspired Listening, a show that is dedicated to telling the stories of anyone affiliated with the College of St. Benedict and St. John's University. I'm your host, Michael Swearingen. Let's get started. Today's episode is about the monastery at St. John's, or more specifically, the monks who live there. I sat down with two of them to talk about the first moments they began yearning for religious life. From there, each monk told the story of his sometimes hectic journey toward the present day. Lucien Lopez has been at St. John's for five years. He didn't answer his call to be a monk until he was 30. Before then, he lived a relatively normal life, all the while knowing he wanted to be a monk. Lopez first learned about monkhood when he heard Gregorian chant and Enigma, a German music project. In addition, he says a few fantasy television series also had a role in getting his attention. And then I wanted to, to know more about that when I was 14, um, and then found out that there were monks in the world, just none very close to me. Um, yeah, so I, I just started writing a few monasteries and finding out what they were like in reality and toying with that idea, but of course I didn't enter. In fact, he didn't enter for another 16 years, but a seed was planted and it would slowly grow. In the meantime, he went to school, studied medieval history, got an apartment with friendly roommates, and even dated casually. Learned how to pay bills and have a life and get a job and date and do all of that stuff. It's very valuable for me now as a monk to, to understand that, where I've got you know, all my needs kind of taken care of, um, to know, you know how, what the struggle is out there, you know, <laughs> what the hustle is. During those years, Lopez found dating to be his biggest struggle. From this struggle came what he says was a pivotal moment in his life. On a trip to Mexico to visit family, Lopez was invited to visit a native sweat lodge a makeshift igloo made of twigs, animal skins, and tarp. Once there, Lopez, his cousin, and her friends packed themselves into the sweat lodge. So you get there, they smudge you with sage. You know, we all get in there. It was all, you know, people from that area. And, um, so all the, all the men were shirtless, and they were tight inside there, you know, like, tight like sardines. And all the women had to wear long skirts, and they were also in there tight. And they had the the volcanic rock in the middle and they kept putting water on it and copal and sage and all this stuff and there were four rounds of it and each one would get more and more intense and at one point I got it got so hot that I started feeling like I was trancing and they started singing in Nahuatl which is the native Mexican one of the native Mexican languages the Aztec language and they started chanting in Nahuatl and I found that I was able to do it too and so there I am chanting in Nahuatl and they're chanting in Nahuatl and I'm trancing and I got this feeling suddenly that I was in another state, and that I could ask God anything, and he would tell me the truth. So I said, now's a good time to ask, what should I do with my life? His question, should he stay in a romantic relationship? God's answer? And I felt like God's answer was, I don't care, do whatever you want. And that was enough, because the feeling I had was, wow, if I can do whatever I want, 
then I don't have to feel pressured or obligated to be in a relationship. I can just go to St. John's. That's what I always wanted. Lopez made a few phone calls and found his way to St. John's. Life is still interesting for him. A teacher at St. John's Prep, he began to make video cartoons illustrating a monk's battle with demons. Though the battle is meant to mirror one from within, the protagonist literally fights demons. Before making an entrance, the demon climbs out of his head and the trouble begins. Here's a clip. Hello, demon hunters. I don't know what to say. So this is my video blog. It's been um, teaching for three weeks. So here are a couple of my cartoons. Dear Lord, I'm saying my prayers. Ooh, it's getting dark. <gasps> oh no, you don't. Oh no! Take that! Oh, I'm safe for now. Lopez created all of the sounds and illustrations in this series. Though he uses the series only as a way of teaching at the prep school, Lopez keeps an eye on each of his creative outlets as a possible career within his life as a monk. He also makes his own incense, named after the Seven Deadly Sins. He gathers most of the materials himself. Incense is made with wood, resin, and herbs. He uses pine, cedar, or wormwood from the St. John's Arboretum and tries to grow the herbs in his home at the monastery. He says the incense is meant to ward off these deadly sins. These creations are aspects of Lopez's broader journey to find himself, a place in the community, and a place in the world at large. Figuring out the vocation, the, the monastery you want to live in is more like dating someone than looking for a job. In the sense that um, you have to you have to think about those things. Can I live with these people? Can I live in that place? Uh, does it fulfill me as a person? Um, how can I get over the struggles, interpersonal struggles? Ultimately, it seems as though Lopez has found his home, but he says he still focuses on the lifetime that is ahead of him. The summary of where I am at this stage of monasticism is, is I'm finding myself. I'm having conversations. I don't know. I don't know. I could... I might end up at the prep school the rest of my life, and I'd be okay with that. Um, but it's just, you know, kind of finding that. My biggest dream has always been to be a fantasy fiction author, you know, to just to write the story. It, the thing is, I've got, I've got the story in me. I'm just trying to figure out the right medium. So then I, I've been through periods where graphic novels are the route I'd like to take. I, I have, I do, at the prep school, I, every year I do a week-long comic book interim course for them. Um, so I'm very interested in that as well, but I just, I like to do a lot of things. That was Lucien Lopez, a newly solemnly vowed monk at St. John's Abbey. Like Lopez, Aiden Putnam is still in the junior monk stages of his journey. Each person has formative experiences, and Putnam is no different. For him, that formative experience occurred when he was reading The Silver Chair, 
the fourth installment in the Chronicles of Narnia series written by C.S. Lewis. While reading the book, Putnam came across a story that introduced him to the idea of prayer. Eustace and Jill Pohl mm-hmm. in the oppressive environment of their private school back in England. And they're running away from bullies. And they're like, what do we do? How do we get out of here? And Eustace says, okay, I wasn't going to tell anybody about this, but something happened to me last year during the holidays when I was with my cousins and we went to this whole other world. And his friend's like, what are you talking about? So he tells her, well, we sailed from island to island and we were searching for the end of the world and we came across this one island where we got there in the middle of the night and there were only two people living on this island, this old, 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 old man and this young woman. And they were father and daughter or grandfather and granddaughter, something really like that. And they would wake up every morning before the sunrise and they'd go down to the shore of the island and they'd stand there towards where the sun would come up above the ocean and they'd stretch their hands out and they would sing to the rising sun. And then Eustace said, I saw birds flying out of the sun, these birds of fire, and they carried pieces of the sun into their mouths. And that was how they started the day. Putnam's family isn't religious, but he was exposed to a diverse set of spiritual practices. Lewis's story made him want to learn how to pray, so he gave it a try. So I started to pray, you know, in whatever way that I knew, at seven years old, not having gone to church, like, okay, Aslan, you know, whatever they said in the books, you know, <laughs> please let us go into your special land or something. So that was both what I take now as a first sign of faith and a first sign of specifically religious practice. Because now I look at monastic tradition with rising before the sun and holding vigil for the the sunrise, the new light of the new day and the new life in Christ coming up. And especially the song aspect, the very ritualized liturgy of this story. Putnam began to think about his own images of the heart and feelings. He worked in theater, waited tables at a restaurant, and had equally healthy relationships with church and theater friends. It was at this time, ten years ago, that he began searching for a monastery. Putnam looked all around the country. St. Procopius outside of Chicago caught his eye. It was there that he decided monastic life could work for him, but he didn't actually end up going. Strangely, it was also at this juncture that he stopped looking. Realizing he loved living in Oakland, where he was born and raised, Putnam continued on with his life. That is until one day, Father Bob Koopman from the St. John's Abbey visited Oakland. At this time, Putnam was an altar server for his parish, and the priest that normally presided over Mass was absent. Fatefully, Koopman was asked to sub in for him. That's when religious life came up in conversation. And over the course of time, became friends. And eventually he popped the question, have you ever considered priesthood or the religious life? And I said, yes, but it's not for me. Okay. He said, well, if you're ever in the upper Midwest and you find yourself near Minnesota, it's always good to come make a visit. St. John's is a beautiful, holy place. Even if you come just once in your life, come enjoy. 
decide to come back occasionally through the years, all the better. If you decide to stay for the rest of your life, well, God's will be done. So that's how I got here. At times, he still wants to leave, but he says he realizes that he'd want to come back. It's the complex nature of his relationship with religious life that keeps him grounded. When Putnam considered leaving his home in Oakland for a monastery 2,000 miles away, he contemplated one important question. In what ways would monastic life allow for his previous lifestyle to continue and also encourage each aspect of it to flourish and integrate into a coherent whole? And one of the differences in, between life there for me and life here was that I was a member of a number of different communities. Some of them overlapped to a certain extent, some of them didn't touch at all, but they were very discreet and distinct communities. Creative life, artist community, the theater company, um, my parish, my friends, my family in the area, my workplace. I mean, that's seven right there. <laughs> All of those things are vital to me. All of those things are important and they're part of who, what makes me who I am. Each year that goes by in a junior monk's life means he is one step closer to taking lifelong vows. A lot of soul-searching occurs during this stage. I'm seeking out the movement of the Spirit. You know, is God calling me to make lifetime vows here? Is God calling me elsewhere? I don't know. That's what I'm here to find out. Um, so in concrete terms, that plays out in a way that's very familiar to me. Because I grew up... Knowing that not every family has food on the table. Not every family has a place to live. I, I learned that through experience as a kid. So at the same time that I was finding consolation and hope through forms of prayer that I didn't even have words for. Um, I was also finding motivation to do what I could to make the world a little bit better for other people, to make life a little easier for people that I care about. So seeing that population of people expand um, is part of the journey of faith. And again, being responsible for who God has called me to be responsible for, not who I think I should be responsible for, um, but who really God has called me out to be. It was here that he began to find signs of hope. He now teaches theater at the prep school, and he's made friends within and outside of the monastery. In addition, he says he feels fulfilled by a strong intellectual life created by formation classes at the School of Theology, and also his experience with faith. Forgive me, I'm going to rhapsodize, rhapsodize here. The sun and the moon and the stars speak to us um, as much as the people we meet on the street speak to us. So, 
that's another element. That was Aidan Putnam, a junior monk at the St. John's Abbey. You're tuning into Inspired Listening, a show released every Friday. You can download the podcast on iPhone, Android, or on SoundCloud. Until next time. Show music written and produced by Nicholas Swearingen.